It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ The Fan, featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Breezy Point Resort, your holiday station store on Mill Avenue and Cross Lake, Maury's Market, Ernie's on Gull, The Tea Hive, Alverson Law Office, and The Legacy Courses at Craigans. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Streaming at uh, lakeswoodsandirons.com, thanks to our sponsor, Mills Ford and Mills GM. Chris, uh, another week we go here, and it, it was a pretty good week in golf. We ended up with uh, uh, quite a uh, quite a big run on at the uh, first WGC event after a major. The uh, FedEx St. Jude had a nice field because uh, means a lot. Those World Golf events are pretty important to the boys. Well, they're uh, yeah, they're no cut events. Yeah, like minimum you make fifty thousand dollars. Not not a bad week. Yeah, and uh, and they there's a lot of FedEx comp points available and uh uh you can definitely improve your position in in a lot of respects fedex cup Ryder cup uh money so they're good events at uh interesting having it the week after a major especially when you have to travel overseas yeah I, i'm not uh, sold on the new uh, schedule yet the way they've got it laid out but uh, <laughs> uh i hate it that the british opens over already actually in my mind you always had something to look forward to later in the golf season but I'll get used to it like everybody else, I'm sure. But yeah, that fifty thousand you're saying, uh, uh, a lot of these guys work their way up to the tour. You know, it's not like the old days when they'd say, uh, you know, honey, you mind if I go play uh, this weekend? They go, you gonna make any money? <laughs> That's now, right. It's fifty thousand if I show up. Okay, you can go. <laughs> yeah, you can go. But uh, here's the yeah here's uh, why they're so important: World Golf uh, Championship events and FedEx Cup points. Right now, Kepka's in front. At uh, the points, don't really matter. Twenty eight hundred, Rory twenty three hundred, Matt Kuchar twenty three hundred, but Shoffley, Woodland, Cantlay, Johnson, Casey, Rom, Justin Rose, all those guys have been on the leaderboards all year. You know, in the top ten, yeah. or pretty much. But uh, you were talking about Doe, so the champ gets uh, gets two million. The runner up gets one point five. Then one point two, then one point one, then a million for fifth. Uh, that's a pretty good dough for fifth. Uh, <laughs> Eight hundred fifty, seven hundred, six hundred, five fifty, and the tenth place brings in a lowly half a million dollars. So that's not bad. It's not a bad weekend's work <laughs> if you can get it. Yeah, if you can get it. Not easy to get. That's no, for sure. That is for sure. You got to keep up with guys like Kepka who. Uh, yeah, the golf world gets exactly what they wanted. He's paired with McElroy on uh, on Sunday, and uh, uh, you and I were talking about it. You were kind of hoping Rory would win, kind of break up the Kepka uh, momentum in all the uh, majors and big tournaments right now. Uh, Kepka walked away with it, sixty five on Sunday. Yeah, and uh, Rory was really a little off, seventy one on Sunday. He had one of the uh, one of the higher rounds of the top ten guys or so. Yeah, Rory, unfortunately, didn't get off to a very good start. And, uh, you know, I always, Rory seems to 
in recent times has, has seemed to struggle on on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he has two wins this year, so he hasn't he hasn't struggled too bad. And and I think he's played in fourteen tournaments this year and and finished in the top ten and in eleven of them. So yeah, he, he's having a great year. But as far as you know, closing the deal on on Sunday, it's it. Um, he has seemed to struggle in recent times in the last five six years. And I, and I always go back to the Masters where. He, you know, Sunday's leading, going in ten t and hits that one, you know, off the, off the cottages on the on the left of ten, and uh, you know didn't finish the deal. I always wonder. Uh, we talked about it last week about it. It's hard to recover from those uh, those mishaps, and uh, it, you wonder if in the back of his mind he he thinks about that and you know can't finish the deal. Yeah, and the guys can see it. I mean, Rory, Rory was that guy uh, four, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know that the other guy is a little better than they are right now, and they all know right now that Kepka is a little a little better than they are, at least playing a little better in most of the big tournaments. So he has that little bit of a slight psychological advantage, which I think Kepka plays that card really well. He has turned into his own guy for sure. He, yes, he let, quit letting the game get to him. And now it's almost like I don't even care about it. I'll show up 45 minutes before I tee off, and uh, you guys can talk all you want about it. Everybody else is there two hours before warming up and putting, and they kept showing his parking space at the beginning <laughs> on Sunday. They look and it's, well, it's 45 minutes until the tournament starts. There's Brooks' parking space. He has his name on it, of course. And uh, then he pulls in and walks over and hits a few putts and... and uh, Shoots a sixty-five. Yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think some of that's part of the shtick he's tried to create yeah. and the brand he's trying to create for himself. I think so too. Uh, but he's certainly he's certainly done a done a good job with that. And uh, his play on the weekends is is amazing. Um, not only the major, well, especially the majors, but uh, um, you know when he's in contention, he hasn't he hasn't let down too much. He's keeps putting on the gas and yeah yeah the only the only disappointing thing about him winning winning last weekend he's, he's kind of ruined his legacy for you know winning only major championships <laughs> yeah, yeah majors only yeah <laughs> yeah what do you have two regular tournaments and four majors yeah yeah now he's up to three and, and he's got a wgc now although he probably looks at those stats uh and thinks uh, all right tiger I'll, I'll try to get some of these tiger's got like eight or you've won more than more than one in a year, and uh, I think one guy might have two, and everybody else has one. Yeah, Tiger's won eighteen of them. Yeah, so yeah, I mean so he's kind of dominated. He's won two in a lot of years. So. Yes, yeah. Then a kind of a fun one on the uh, uh, well, the satellite uh, tournament. I guess it's a PGA tournament because uh, WGC events just takes a certain number of players, sixty-five, I think, or sixty-eight, or. The top players in the world. Yeah. So then they, they get the other tournament, and Colin Morikawa wins. Who uh, he's the just out of Stanford, maybe six weeks ago, if that graduates, number one amateur in the world. Yeah, wins wins a tournament. He almost won here, and uh, the Oklahoma State kid won. Yeah. So we've got two two college kids uh, winning tournaments on tour in the last six weeks. Yeah, he, the, these these Colin Morikawa. Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland have had tremendous years in the PGA Tour. Without the three of them, started the year without their without their tour cards and didn't start playing uh, until late May or early June after the NCAA's. And now two out of the three have won. 
Um, pretty amazing. You know, it, uh, these kids come out, they're not scared. They're not, uh, they're not intimidated by any means. And at the senior level, Bernard Langer wins the uh, Senior British Open. And kind of a fun event for you, Chris, because uh, your good friend and a guy who takes lessons from Eugene Elliott did very well at the British. Yeah, Gene had a, a great tournament. Second year in a row, he's, he's gone over and qualified. Um, finished fourth in his qualifier, uh, which was at... Uh, um, in in Wales, and then he then he went uh, and was the low amateur for one of two amateurs to make the cut, and uh, it was a it was a great event, Langer winning, uh, great golf course, Royal Lytham in St Anne's, really tough conditions on the weekend. And on the ladies' side, they have their last uh, major of the year, and Jin Young Ko wins the uh, 2019 Evian Championship, and uh, that's her second major of the year. She won the ANA. And uh, I see she's 15 for 15 and cuts made and has won $1.9 million. So probably likes this career on the LPG. Not, not a bad year. What a line of uh, fantastic South Korean golfers we've had. It's amazing. Uh, been, uh, I don't, I'd, I'd have to count up how many have been number one in the world in the last six or eight years, but it's an extraordinary number. Interestingly, they don't stay up there a long time, it seems like. Maybe... Maybe a four-year extraordinary run or of some sort, and then uh, along comes another young gun. Yeah, the ladies' tour, um, it, it's interesting. The, the, the players mature much earlier, and um, you know, I think life gets in the way more for the ladies than it does for the men. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. You know, families and, and everything else, it's, it's it, you know just human nature i guess but it's harder for for the ladies to stay out there if they want to have children and and yeah uh, and whatnot yeah so. it seems like it yeah and there's such a crop of young women always coming up that seem to be better and better yeah great great players you're listening to lakes woods and irons on 1380 kliz you're listening to lakes woods and irons with chris foley and colin mcdonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, and now available at Podcast One and uh, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. have Jack Worrell, uh, Jack, uh, head golf professional at uh, the Pines and the Preserve, correct, Jack? Uh, yeah, I'm the director of golf at, at Grandview. Basically. Yep, director of golf at Grandview, right. All right, Jack, uh, thanks for joining us in a busy time of year for you. Uh, you've had a great year at Grandview. The conditions uh, uh, continue to be great at the Pines and the Preserve. Uh, let's talk about that first, I guess. Yeah, you know, obviously um, everyone's heard about some of the troubles that uh, the courses in the cities had with winter kill, and uh, obviously up north they had that same problem last year. We had a couple areas at the Pines that uh, needed attention, and basically I think in the last three weeks, we've really seen a big difference in those areas, and they've really come and filled in. And um, honestly, the courses at the Pines and Preserve are looking very, very good. Yeah, Jack, I, we were there uh, two Sundays ago for our Lakes Cup event, and the golf course was fantastic at the Pines. As, yeah, it, as it, always, um, you can it's really you can see everything's kind of thickened up, and it's full, and uh, it's looking really good. So yeah. We had uh, you want to talk a little fall golf, uh, Jack. That's coming up, of course, uh, sooner than we like, I guess. <laughs> but we're into uh, August as this show airs, and August the third. So, 
let's let's talk some fall golf and late summer golf uh, opportunities certainly to get out when you can for locals jack is there a good time when uh, people can get out there yeah honestly uh you know as we as we all know fall golf is really really beautiful courses are in great shape and that little bit of a cooler night uh helps the golf courses too and we've had a couple of those days recently actually where it's been you know 45 to 50 at night and uh, it's a great time of year to play. We have some really, really good twilight rates uh, that start after 1, 3, and after 4 o'clock. So depending on, you know, what kind of rate you're looking to get, they break down that way. Um, there's plenty of times at night, especially at the Pines with 27 holes, there's an opportunity to come out and play, you know, a quick 18 or a quick 9. We've seen a lot of 9-hole rounds this year. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously the push from the PGA and, and just time in general um, – there's been a push for nine holes, so it's kind of nice to see as well. Um, but, yeah, that, and then as we get into October, we go down to our fall rate, and there's uh, some nice opportunities there to save some money, still play the really nice golf course. Uh, you know, our conditions don't slide at all as those rates come down. So uh, it's kind of a nice time of year to really get a good deal and play a great golf course. Well, I think the play nine that the PGA has pushed has really been good. You know, a lot of people can fit in an hour and a half or two hours at the uh, at the end of the workday. It's uh, man, go out and walk uh, walk nature on a beautiful place like the Pines or the Preserve and uh, play a quick nine holes. Pretty nice deal. Yeah, it's made us you know think differently for sure. Um, with twenty seven holes, we kind of have little areas where little pockets in our T sheet where we can have nine holes available, and we've done that. And uh, it's really been well-received from the public and also from our Grandview Lodge guests. I just want to come out and try to, you know, break away from the family for two hours to play a little golf or be with the family for, you know, two hours and then, you know, uh, be able to get on to boating or anything else or any other activities in the area that they want to do so they can fit it all in in a day. You know? was out there this last weekend on a, actually a perfect Saturday night for the uh, – Championship of the World Putting Contest there, and uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Martin and myself were teamed up again, at least for part of the round, Jack. You don't know how uh, how happy Mr. Boost would be hearing you say the World Championship or Championship of the World Putting. He wanted to make sure it was the state uh, putting championship, which we've done. Uh, I don't know how you get, uh, you know... Uh, to be allowed to say world. But anyway, I'm uh, yeah, some of us were there on time. You know, I, I, we had 107 participants that were there on time and one wasn't, you know, so. Yeah, I wonder who that was. <laughs> it was Mr. Martin's partner. I know that. Your partner wasn't real happy with you. No, I don't. He held, he held his own for a couple holes, so. Yeah, he called at like five to five and said, where are you? And I was power washing my house. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, you know our, our president is kind of famous for declaring things the best and the yeah. the world. So there's no reason the Pines can't hold hold the world putting championship either. I, I think so. You know, the Pines president Fred Boos, uh would would be the one to do that. Absolutely. For sure. so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's it was a great event. We you know we started that the first year we did it. We had twelve participants. Twelve. Yeah. Uh, and we knew it was a good thing. We just had to kind of get people to do it and realize how much fun it would be and. Uh, to be full and at 108 participants this last year or this last week, uh, it was it was awesome. It's just great to see, and it's just a variety of people, uh, all skill levels, and uh, everyone can have fun and, and compete a little bit, and at the exact same time have a lot of a lot of fun and hang out. So. Yeah, it's great fun. You do kind of some random prizes as well. And actually, I think uh, Tim and I finished in 15th place, and we we won some money for 15th just because that yeah. was the that was you the lucky number that day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 108 people, like you say, and uh, uh, just for people who don't know, it's uh, 
uh, what maybe 40 50 foot putts at least on every hole and uh, every uh kind of a little bump and uh swale that you can think of is put into play and it's uh, it's a lot of fun you get a get a partner and everybody harasses the other two groups that are with you a little bit and uh, it's a it's a pretty good day it's a good event another one we're looking forward to jack is your fish and golf which is uh, uh gotten bigger and bigger every year as well and of course a combination of uh two things people like to do in the lakes area yeah it, it's it's my favorite event of the year. I'm a big fisherman. Um, kind of the reason it's, you know, we stuck with it and really another one that started off pretty small. We had maybe the first three years, we never had more than 10 boats. This last year we had 32 boats, which is full. Uh, this year we have about 10 spots left. Um, it's the same format. So on Saturday we're doing some fishing for six hours, two bass, two northern, two walleye, your biggest weight. Uh, wins that, and then you carry over those points over to the golf side of things where we do a three-person scramble. So it's a three-person team. It's uh, very, very affordable. You get two meals, round of golf, and fishing and prizes, only $100 per person. So uh, it's it's a pretty nice, uh, I think it's a great rate for something like that, considering our, our regular green fees, 109 uh, I think that's a nice rate break to play only for 100 to get all that. So uh, we're sponsored again this year by Bagley Lures, um, which is huge for us. It gives us a nice little purse to play for, and they put some money into the big pot or the uh, big fish pot. So you get a big walleye <laughs> or a big northern or a big walleye or a big bass. You get a little bit of extra money there, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and we get some pros from across the state that play on there, and we get some fishing pros that are in it as well. So it's fun to see that kind of come together. You know the. The fishing guides are super great on Saturday, and they do really well, and they get really nervous on Sunday, and the fish, the uh, golfing pros, vice versa. They're, <laughs> they're in the boat, and they're miserable. They're trying to catch fish. They don't know what they're doing, and they get to the golf course, and they play well. <laughs> and the team that kind of finds that balance uh, ends up winning it. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's the, the best of both worlds for this area, I think. J- Jack, as you know, I'm not much of a sh- fisherman. Would it would it be all right if I just, on my way to play golf, if I stopped at Maury's and grabbed <laughs> six fish? For- we, we've had some uh, people talk about that. You know, uh, I, I say it every time. We have the Izzy rule. Izzy did not fish, but he did the golf, and he was able. They were able to get away with two fishermen. And they ended up winning. Well, we had to get rid of that rule because <laughs> uh, you have to be a part of that boat and being knocked around a little bit by the waves. So that, you know, it affects your golf. you got to be kind of a part of both. So um, we need you to participate in both, Chris. Yeah, sure. shoot. <laughs> Everybody's seen the new additions at uh, Grandview uh, from the road. If they haven't had the opportunity to turn to, uh, turn in there and have a look, they really should. But, uh, uh, man, it's a, a small uh, city across the street being built, and it's very impressive. And uh, I know it's been good for business all the way around. But uh, how are the additions all coming along, Jack? Uh, you know, it's it's awesome, truly. I've been here for 19 years. I've seen a lot of change. Uh, I've never seen anything like this, you know. And so it's obviously a different uh, era for Grandview. Um, they just recently opened the North Hotel uh, and, and, you know, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. I know it was going to be a boutique hotel, something different that's not in this area. And my first thought walking in was, wow. And I was actually really, really impressed. And I, uh, it, it, you know, it felt even better than Grandview, which, you know, Grandview has always been very good to me. And, and I thought, how can this be better? But it was, it was just beautiful. And they've, you know, they spared no expense and they made everything look, uh, elite for sure. So that was awesome to see. Um, that complements well with all the new units. Uh, we have 450 beds that we've basically added in, in, in a short amount of time, not necessarily a winter, but really close. Uh, 
and uh, the North Park, um, you know, fitness center and pool. Uh, that we just opened the outdoor pool portion of that, and just to see that kind of come together and people really enjoying all of it at Grandview, including everything that we had before. Um, what we've noticed is actually is everyone's really spread out. So, you know, we have 1,700, 1,800 people here at night, and we thought, wow, they're really going to all be at North Park at once. And it's really worked out where some go to North Park, some go over to Roy Lake, some go over to the beach. Um, so everyone's really spread out. It's actually really helped kind of uh, accommodate more people. So it's been nice that way. And, and everyone's surprised. The members are a little surprised, too. They were worried that, you know, it would be overtaken by all these guests. But it's really spread it out and made it uh, work really well. So it's great to see. Jack, is uh, is North Park available for the general public, or do you have to be a member staying at, at Grandview to... To utilize right now, we only have it under Grandview Lodge guests and our members. There's members that have purchased North Park as an addition to their uh, their golf membership. This year, we held that number to 75 total. So uh, I don't know what will happen next year. I'm assuming we'll add some more spots. Um, but yeah, we're trying to keep it a little bit limited. You know, we're still in the phase of trying to figure out what we have, and uh, you know, you don't want it to be overrun with a lot of people. So we're we're trying to keep it nice for the members, nice for the guests, and and figure out that happy medium. I think you'll see maybe some changes in the winter. Obviously, we're a little slower in the winter, um, but this first year for sure, we're going to keep it a little bit more limited so that we can kind of kind of see what we have. Sure. Golfers always love the 19th hole, Jack, and I don't know if there could be uh, more opportunities uh, right around the golf course at the Pines. There's uh, uh, all kinds of opportunities. Uh, Tito's Handmade Vodka sponsors our 19th hole here on Lakes Woods and Irons, and uh, boy, what a variety to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a lot of great spots, Um, you know, obviously with the preserve and that view alone. uh, That's my favorite spot for sure. I always kind of pull up there and i'm in awe of of what i see seeing you know number one and number 18 and number nine all in one spot so um i've always said if that view was at grandview or at the pines it would be full of our our grandview lodge guests just because it's so close but yeah and then obviously the deck at the pines and then uh on the rocks over at grandview and the cantina at grandview there's just so many spots you can go to and um you know and they're all very very close proximity to the golf courses yeah, it's great. Had a great meal recently in the new restaurant at the Lodge. Fantastic addition there, yeah. Yeah, we've heard some really good things about Char. Our members uh, have been, you know, I get a lot of feedback from members, and um, they've said they really enjoyed it. They enjoyed the new menus, and, and the food's been terrific. So that's great to hear. And I think you'll see some additional um, food options at Grandview, you know, in the next couple of years for sure. We'll just need more spots for people to go. So I think we'll be adding some more venues for sure. Jack, how can people get a hold of you and uh, put you on the golf calendar and come out and play? Uh, easiest place for sure is GrandviewLodge.com. Um, if not, please call the Pines at, at 218-963-8755. Um, but we'd absolutely love to have you, and uh, there's plenty of time left. Even though we're putting the fall clothing out in the pro shop, uh, there's still plenty of time left to play some golf. That means close out on 2X summer wear for me, Jack. <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> Spend that 15th place gift card. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Thank you for having me. That's I Jack. appreciate it. Jack Waro. He is uh, director at golf at uh, Grandview for both the Pines and the Preserve. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. 
You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. We're going to replay a segment here from uh, Callaway Golf. Paul Guy is in the R&D department, specifically the uh, golf ball portion of R&D at Callaway. And uh, he's got some great tips on uh, the right golf ball for your bag. Here's our interview with Paul Guy from Callaway Golf. Chris, very special guest, and uh, I'll let you handle the introductions. Yeah, I want to welcome to the show Paul Guy. Paul is with uh, Callaway Golf R&D, and specifically in the golf ball department. And uh, uh, Paul has a, a little bit of a Minnesota tie going to grad school at St. Cloud State. So welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thanks, man. It's uh, it's it's nice to be called a very special guest too. <laughs> <laughs> my my connection is actually much deeper than just Saint Cloud State. My dad grew up in Little Falls. Oh yeah. Um, my parents both went to school in Northfield. So did I. So you know, I, I spent some time there. Little Falls. That's right down the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, Paul, t- tell tell us about about your background and what you do at Callaway. Okay, um, I started. I, I finished at Saint Cloud probably 1995. I started at Callaway in 1996, so it's been a while. Um, been at the company since before five, five, maybe five years before we had a golf ball. Um, early on, I was working on the club R&D side, uh, developing measurement systems and doing test development. Because back in those days, it was pre-track man, and so if you had a question, if you wanted to understand something about how golf works, you know, at high speeds, or uh, you, you kind of had to develop um, a measurement system yourself in-house. Um, otherwise, you could just sit around for, for five years, ten years, and wait for TrackMan to come out with their product. So Callaway had the resources um, to develop our own measurement systems. I did a little bit of work there, outdoor tracking system, and, and doing some motion capture work. Um, just expanding our ability to measure new things. Um, but more recently, you know, my focus has been on, on the players, less on, on the equipment and more on the players, uh, working with tour pros, understanding the way they play the game, the way they see the shots, the way they deliver the clubs, and just making sure the golf balls that we give them um, work. Yeah, I think one thing that most people don't realize is, uh, like with Callaway Chrome Soft, you, you have you know several versions that are used on the PGA Tour to meet the specific players' characteristics of their game. Correct? Yes. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not as simple as say you know what's that player's head speed. A lot of it is it's it's what is what's his angle of attack. Um, what is his what's his wedge game like? Is this a player that that uh, rips full wedges off the back of the green and, and wants the the golf ball to help him with that, not fight him with that? Um, there are a lot of considerations that we we take into account um, in trying to in developing developing sorry developing the line that we offer to our to our tour players and then, and then fitting them in into those golf balls. So what what is what is that process like? How do, how do you, if a uh, you know like Phil Mickelson when he he's kind of one of your flagship players when he when you come out with a new golf ball, what's the process that you go about finding the right ball for him? Well, it's it's different with Phil for a couple reasons uh, because he lives locally. First of all, so we have access. You know, we, we see him a lot more often than we do the guys who live in Florida. Uh, for example, um, also because he's he he loves it. 
he loves to get into the details and he knows what he wants. So he likes to work with us, um, tells us what he wants, and then we figure out how to get there. And so with him, it's a lot more hands-on, and sometimes he, he gets something a little different than the other players. And, and he has – everybody knows he's got a great short game. He can spin the ball um, at will. He can spin any golf ball. So he, he in particular wants a golf ball that doesn't spin too much um, because that would work against him rather than with him. Sure. And how, how about how about a guy like Xander Shoffley when when he came to Callaway? How, how did he you determine what ball to put in him? Um, he's another guy that, fortunately for us, he lives locally. So we have more <laughs> access to him. Sure. Uh, really, those are the only two guys we see on a fairly regular basis because they're both kind of San Diego based. Um, you know, you, you understand what he's been playing the last you know couple of years in terms of golf balls the way he likes to play the game. You measure some things. Um, you know, you go through the bag and you measure. You talk to him about what he thinks are his strengths and his weaknesses. He and his dad both have a really good sense for that. Um, and then, you know, here's here's a golf ball that will maybe strengthen your weaknesses and, and not hurt your strengths. Sure. You know, I think I think golf balls are the least understood technologically because the the you can't see the technology other than the dimple uh, on the golf ball. And you know, the the first time I really realized it was maybe 15 years ago. You had sent me some prototype golf balls, a couple different kinds, and I was hitting pitch shots with them, and I was amazed at the difference in the trajectory between the two balls. So. Yeah. You know, as somebody as somebody looks at golf balls and and Callaway, gosh, you've got uh, you know there's the, there's a the Chrome Soft, there's the ERC Soft, Super Soft, the Truvis, you know, all these different golf balls. How would, how does somebody go about choosing what's best for them and identifying the different characteristics? It's so it, it's difficult, and I I kind of I feel for people who are struggling with that. And the best analogy I can think of is, is when I'm when I need a light bulb, and I go in the in the hardware store, <laughs> and I stand in front of that display, and it's thirty yards long. Right, that's a great and, analogy. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> and I know it's going to take me an hour, and I'm probably going to leave with the wrong one. Um, you know, I can perceive the difference between soft white and daylight, but I don't know which one I need, and I don't know which one I have in my kitchen at home. So it's it's a lot like that. I'm sure for a lot of people, it's, it's difficult, and there's confusion out there. Um, you have to understand, you know, what it is you're looking for, what kind of player you are. Are you, you know, just trying to get the ball up in the air and hit it straight? And, you know, maybe when you miss it, you want it to feel a little better. Or are you looking for more distance control and green side spin? Uh, but maybe you still want the ball to, be, to fly straight and feel soft. Or are you okay with a firmer feel, looking for more consistency in trajectory and distance? you know, a better scoring ball, so that kind of thing. And within anybody's line, whether it's ours or our competitors, all those balls are probably in the line, and they're probably at different price points. And that's another thing you have to consider is what price point are you, are you comfortable with? Um, so, you know, whether that's what it says on the on the packaging or not, it's, it's hard to explain that stuff in a couple of square inches on the packaging or on the website. Yeah. Um, sure. But part of it is is what kind of player are you, and what do you want the ball to help you do? How do you see a, how do you see a wedge shot? You know, do you like to to do you miss on the right side all the time so you have room to roll the ball towards the hole? Um, you know, if if you 
if you like to flight your wedges low and you, you don't like to see the ball jump up off the wedges, that's you know that definitely helps narrow your choices. Um, because some some types of golf balls will uh, launch high automatically, and that's good for some players. But other players are looking for a low launch off the wedge, and you know there's some some golf balls that want to launch that way, and others that don't. It's a fascinating career on your side, Paul. You go from uh, the tech technical side of things and now you're 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 mixing the technical with personalities of golfers basically it's got to be what a guy like is phil a guy who tinkers with his game all the time you know i'm a fan of phil's a fan of golf he finds his game you know about every two years something happens that he found and now he's got it so he loves to tinker and i'm sure that is that fun for you guys to do it that way or would you want somebody who uh, sticks with it. <laughs> it. No, it's it's great. I mean, um, if he didn't want to change golf balls ever, um, it wouldn't. My job wouldn't be as interesting as it is, you know. And and his ability to perceive small differences. You know, if if the golf R and D team is going to spend hours and hours designing and building in small performance differences into the balls, and you know nobody can appreciate them, nobody can bring them out. Maybe you feel like, well, why did we just do that? But you get a guy, a guy like Phil, and he brings them out, and he appreciates them, and he knows that they'll make him play better. So it's a lot more satisfying to know that all the you know, blood, sweat, and tears, all the work you put in, he's going to bring it out, and he's going to play better. Then where is that cutoff? It's, a, say, a 10 to 20 handicapper uh, that the ball can make a difference for them as well. They don't maybe don't realize you're playing golf for many years and then you think you change balls and you think that that actually does work better for me. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's as simple as handicap because you know you take a dozen 10 handicaps and their strengths are going to be different. Sure. Uh, you know, you guys players who can't hit the ball very well off the tee but they they save themselves, they save a lot of strokes around the green or maybe vice versa. And so it's not as simple as what handicap can, can get more out of a golf ball. It, it, you know, I think a good golf ball, especially like a, say, a urethane-covered ball, definitely has performance benefits over a Serlin-covered ball. And it's a question of, okay, is that going to save me one shot around or is it going to save me five shots around? It, that, the answer depends on what kind of player you are, what kind of course you're playing, how you happen, you know, what, what, your, uh, what your trouble shots happen to be on that day. I'll take the five shot ball, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we have it. We have one. <laughs> Paul, all the testing and the time you spent with spend with the tour players, how does that trickle down to what you're offering the general consumer? Um, our history the last couple of years, we'll have a golf ball that we're trying out on tour, and then it may come to retail a year later. So the recent history has been that. So we'll. We'll validate it, make sure it's, make sure that uh, that those guys like it and play well with it, and then decide. Yeah, it's 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 a good ball for retail. Particularly like the X version, Chrome Soft X. That's been the history of that ball. Is is tour validated before we start to sell it? Sure. And you mix in the marketing side too. I, I like the stripe on the uh, ball. It looks great on TV. I think, and I'm kind of a Callaway golf ball guy anyway. So. And the guy got to get some cool ones with stripes on them. <laughs> Paul, that's a hint that I've got to bring him some golf balls next week for the show. <laughs> I burned through yeah. them fairly quick, you might guess. <laughs> Paul, so those, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. So the, the triple track, we call that triple track, and those are they're more powerful than you might imagine. 
Um, you know, if you if you play golf with a sharpie line through the side stamp, and you know you, you try to aim a single line down the middle of the hole from behind the ball, and then you get over the putt, and it looks like you know I'm I'm sure that line is somewhere between left edge and right edge, but I, I, I'm not confident in where it is. You're not going to make as good a stroke uh, with the triple track. You get over the ball and you see the one line is at the left edge, the other line is at the right edge, and, and the the center lines are down the center. Um, I, I've seen, I've had this experience myself, and you just you just make a better stroke, and you're more likely to make that putt. Yeah, I think so three if, lines greater than one. Absolutely, Paul. That, that's one of the great innovations you've you've got in golf balls this year. Tell us about some of the others that the the bigger ball isn't or what's what's the one that's oh yes okay so you're talking about the magna magna yeah i'm sorry so <laughs> in the past uh magna was was a uh, so we, we own the name top flight and in the past magna was marketed as a as a top flight yeah but now we brought it to super soft so super soft magna oversized golf ball uh, still conforms to the rules of golf because the rules of golf um, say that you can't make the golf ball small, but you you can make it larger. And it's it's just the kind of ball where if you uh, lack a little bit of confidence in your striking, whether it's a full shot or around the greens, just knowing you might hit it one groove higher makes you you make a better pass at it. You hit it a little better. That's kind of the effect of a larger ball. It, it sits up off the ground a little bit better and. You know, if if you believe you're going to hit one one groove higher because the ball is bigger, you might just hit it one groove higher. No, there, I think there's a lot to it. It's definitely for people who have a struggle to get the ball up in the air. It's definitely easier to get up in there because of that. Just what you're saying, you can hit a little higher on the face and um, make more contact, and it goes hard, higher and further. So, mm-hmm. how about tell us about some of the other golf balls? Um, well, we have Super Soft, which is uh, just a champ that just kind of keeps keeps on chugging along. We that ball's been out four or five years and has done really really well for us. Um, new this year, so the first ball that we we marketed with Triple Track is ERC Soft. That's kind of a new construction, new price point for us. Um, it's a nice, it sits right between the traditional Sterling covered two or three piece balls and their price point and the, the premium urethane. And it uh, it probably plays a little bit more like the urethane than it does like the the lower price throwing balls. So uh, good soft feel, but not too soft, and very good iron distance and uh, nice low driver spin. I've I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it straighten out players who uh, you, know, you turn a, a banana slice into a plantain or some smaller <laughs> fruit. Uh, not as far because, into the weeds. Yeah. Yeah, it spins so much less. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Paul, we really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. And every time I talk to you, I learn a little something. So, you're very welcome. It's, uh, I'm glad to have the invitation. Thanks a million, Paul. That was fun. Yeah, Paul, Paul Guy from Callaway Golf R and D. That's very interesting stuff. And I'm going to get five shots better with that new golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, now available at Podcast One, really wherever podcasts are. Just search Lakes, Woods, and Irons, and you can find uh, Mr. Foley and myself. Speaking of Mr. Foley, he's sitting right here. 
Uh, Chris, I had a uh, opportunity to play a little golf a little bit better earlier in the week this week. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny, uh, Jeff Hilborn, who works here, and uh, he and I are about the same level of golf, something like that. Yeah. And you just feel like you're a better human being when you shoot a good round of golf. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? All's right with the world. Yeah. You walk off the course thinking, uh, oh, yeah, I'm still halfway That's athletic. Right. I can do something athletic once in a while. The beer tastes better after learning how the meal's better. The- <laughs> Birdied 18 the other day. Wow. That doesn't happen very often. I haven't had many birdies yet this year. So that was fun. You had a great uh, question from the T, Chris, you wanted to bring up, and uh, it's a good one, I think. Uh, uh, it's about moving the golf ball one way or the other. Yeah, I had a, a student ask me, there, there was a, he's been a slicer of the golf ball, or like he says, a power fade yeah. for, <laughs> forever, and, and never has really drawn the golf ball, and, and uh, we, we, we got him hitting, hitting a nice draw, and, um, you know, he was struggling, because he doesn't necessarily, he hasn't doesn't see the golf ball going that way even though you would like to like to hit it that way he he struggled you know aiming properly and or aligning himself properly and and hitting that shot even though he knows it's a better shot and he he asked me what why do i try to get everybody to to hook the golf ball or draw the golf ball why not just straight and uh you know there, there's a lot of a lot of reasons but number one straight really isn't realistic uh, and if, if you watch golf on TV and, and, you know, you watch the shot tri- tracer technology that they, that they use, you never see a ball that goes straight. And I mean, all tour players curve the ball some amount. Whether it's significant, a guy like Bubba, Bubba Watson or, or just a little bit, a guy like, uh, say Bryson DeChambeau, who doesn't, doesn't curve it very often, or very much, I should say, because of his impact alignments. But, uh, you know, straight, you have to, the club face has to come in square every time, and, and the path of your swing has to be, uh, coming down the target line all the time, and it's, it's just much, more difficult to be consistent that way and it's you really won't you really don't and when you if you're trying to hit it straight all the time you're going to miss it more both ways than you would if you were curving it one direction or the other and the reason why it's advantageous for most of us to hit draws is that when you when you hit a draw or a hook you're going to compress the ball better you're going to hit the ball further and it's going to tend to run out more and you're going to have more control with it in general um and if if you looked at the the PJ tour the the percentage of players who hit uh it's about probably half and half maybe 55% uh of the players tend to draw the ball 45% tend to cut the golf ball and i tell people if you have sufficient club head speed which tour players do, and I, I would call sufficient club head speed anything over with a driver of say one one eight or uh, PJ Tour average is one fourteen. The longest hitters are in the the one twenty range. But if you have sufficient club head speed, then a a cut shot or a you know a, a more of a they don't hit slices, but curving the ball from from left to right is is not going to hurt you any because you have the club head speed but for the average player when we cut, when we tend to cut and slice the ball we're not compressing the golf ball we're, we're kind of swiping across the ball and the analogy i like to use is you know if you were playing ping pong the difference between hitting a smash and a cut you're using the same energy with both but with a with a cut shot you're just 
hitting the the ping pong ball with a glancing blow. With a smash, you're you're hitting it, you're compressing it, and you're you're coming from the uh, different direction and and hitting much more down on the ball and um, hitting it with a lot more force, even though you're using the same speed. So it would be the same same way in golf. So if if we can if we can get a player to you know, swing more from the inside with the club face closed in relationship to the path of our swing. You're going to tend to compress the golf ball a lot more and uh, hit it further and in general have more control of the golf ball. So looks like so many guys who have a nice draw, they hit out on the ball and bring it around, which Correct. is uh, uh, for some reason that's what my forward does, but not all my clubs do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're forward you, you hit a little more off the toe and that 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 helps it so but, okay uh, um yeah you know a good friend of mine always says that the road to good golf doesn't have any right turns in it <laughs> meaning that there's there's there aren't yeah. many slices in in good golf and uh the evolution of all good players is everybody starts off slicing the golf ball in general and then Good players, they they end up overhooking the golf ball, and then you kind of bring it back to the center. Yeah, but uh, you know, you, you, nobody curves. The, there, it's a fallacy to eliminate one side of the fairway. Um, but if if you can, in general, curve the golf ball the same way most of the time, you can eliminate the trouble. Because you can you can work the ball away from the trouble, and like we've talked on the show before, it really playing great golf is is about number one. You know, depending on your level of play, it's about bogey or double bogey avoidance. It's not necessarily about hitting, making more birdies, and it's about keeping the ball in play. It's eliminating eliminating um, you know the hazards, keeping the ball in play, and trying to you know get our mishits going in the same direction. Playing great golf is about uh, you know not necessarily hitting more great shots, but it's about hitting better bad shots. Uh, quickly, our sponsor on the Lakes, Woods, and Irons for the 19th hole is um, Tito's Handmade Vodka, and uh, they've been great to us the last uh, several years. So I was just reading an article in Golf Works about uh, planning a t- any trip to the Old Gray Tune. Does that sound uh, familiar to you? I'm familiar with that. Yeah. That's uh, St. Andrews, I guess. Yes. Huh? So uh, a few recommendations here from this particular author on uh, – and I know a couple of these have come up on the show because you uh, have a annual, pretty much annual trip yes. to Scotland with a, a group of golfers, two or three foursomes, and uh, about sixty days from now. Not that I'm counting. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're closing in. Here's a few that I remember you talking about. Uh, this particular author says uh, the Dunvegan. Uh, he says he finds the Dunvegan steak with melted cheese and jalapeno peppers a deftly seasoned juice. The perfect repast for a long day on the links. <laughs> I'm beginning to see why you go back to Scotland uh, these years, Chris. You know, the, the Dunvegan is one of the great pubs, and especially 19th hole in the world. It's it's literally 50 yards from the 18th green of, of the old course and uh, has been a, you know, a golfer's hangout for... I don't know, forty to fifty years, and every every great player in the game, has, just like playing St. Andrews, is his uh, has been in the Dunvegan, and it's it's a great pub and it's a great restaurant as well, and and it's probably the best steak in 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 Scotland. It, Saint, Scotland is not known for their beef, <laughs> but uh, the uh, former owner of the Dunvegan was a Texas 
guy. He just, okay. they just recently sold, and uh, so you can always get a good steak and a good burger at the Dunbeg, and along with uh, a lot of other great options. Another one I think you're familiar with is the Jigger Inn. Yeah, the Jigger Inn is fantastic. It's uh, you're you're basically sitting in the middle of the 17th fairway, the road hole of the old course, right uh, in the shadow of the the old course hotel, and um, yeah, the Jigger Inn has been there for a hundred plus years, uh, and it, it's it's just a great spot if it's if it's nice enough to to sit outside, which. Most of the time it is. They've got a great patio, and you can watch players play up the 17th hole, and you're, it's just a it's a fantastic atmosphere. Is that different from the Road Hole Grill, or is that another one that's there? The Road Hole Grill is is um, is in the Old Course Hotel. Oh, okay, and um, another another great spot, but among many. Yeah, there. it sounds like you know your way around. Yeah, yeah. One of one of my. Uh, well, it's, it's probably my my favorite city in the world, really. Says the Dunvegan boasts an impressive collection of more than 50 single malts, which uh, Scotland's pretty well known for. Yeah, they uh, they have a very impressive uh, collection of scotch uh, at the Dunvegan, and uh, <laughs> you could spend a lot of time sampling there. <laughs> I see some rosy-cheeked uh, men and women coming out of that place. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Uh, another good week. Thank you. Thank you, Mac. He's Chris Foley. I'm Mac. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.